Let us be attentive. Sing praises to our God, sing praises. Clap your hands, all you nations. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, I would remind you in what terms I preached to you the gospel which you received, in which you stand, by which you are saved, if you hold it fast, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than five hundred brethren at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he also appeared to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God which is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preached and so you believe. Peace be with you, the reader. Wisdom arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Let us be attentive. Jesus kneeling and saying, Good teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you call me good? One there is who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which? And Jesus said, You shall not kill, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these I have observed, what do I still lack? Jesus said to him, 
If you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, it will be hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Be with you who proclaim the gospel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. History, it's been said, is one darn thing after another. Or, in the words of the historian Edward Gibbon, it is the chronicle, the crimes, and follies, and misfortunes of mankind. But the scriptures describe another history. It describes a history not only of the fall of humankind, but of its salvation. The Bible is a history of our salvation. And one of the key turning points in that history is the Exodus, when God called his people out of slavery across the Red Sea into the Promised Land. And this is a prototype of our liberation in God from sin and from death as we pass over from life to death to life again. We see that the slaves in the south, of, the south part of our country sang these songs of liberation. They'd never been to Egypt, but they knew what it meant that God had brought his people out of slavery 
into the promised land. They knew it meant freedom and liberation and peace. But after this revolutionary event, what happened? Well, think about what happened after the American Revolution. There is a whole new order of things. We had to put this into some kind of shape. We had to develop a constitution to govern this new reality. Well, in the same way, Moses had to establish a constitution for the new reality of the free people of God, Israel. Call that the Torah, the law of Moses, the constitution of Israel. There are 613 commandments, statutes, and laws in the Torah of Moses, 613 of them. But a rabbi once asked his disciples if they could recite the law standing on one leg. Because he knew that there were weightier parts of the law that needed to be focused upon. Likewise with Jesus and the young man, when he told him, if you shall have eternal life, keep the commandments. The weightier ones that he recited in particular. So far, so good. Good, but not perfect. Because as the young man himself recognized, something was lacking. He kept the commandments, yet something was lacking. He himself recognized that, not Christ. He himself said, something is lacking. What more do I lack? I think the answer to that question is, he lacked joy. the law, but he had no relationship with the lawgiver. He knew the letter of the law, but he forgot the revolutionary freeing experience of the lawgiver, who was calling him not just to obedience, but to discipleship, to following him, to have a relationship with him. That's what he was lacking, that joy that comes when one accesses the mind, the spirit, not of the law, but of Christ, the lawgiver. The man recognized this, but he couldn't quite put his finger on what to do. He didn't see that the kingdom of God, as St. Paul said, is not food or drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Where's the joy in this man's life? 
Where's the joy in our lives as followers of Christ? Here he was, weighted down, weighted down, saddened. He was burdened. We live in a country that boasts of its liberty and its freedom. But if I had some pair of special X-ray glasses that could see beyond the economic opportunity and the social and political freedom of our country into the souls of its citizens, what would I see? Would I see people burdened, shackled like prisoners in some gulag, bearing heavy burdens of worry, anxiety, and fear, weighed down by possessions that possess them, as was the case of the young man? This it recently came to my attention that the suicide rate, particularly among middle-aged white males, has been increasing year by year. The sale of books about anxiety and how to cure it, according to Barnes & Noble, is up 25% this past year alone. So in a country that is supposed to be free and liberated, we have people who are shackled in their souls, in their hearts, in their minds, just like that young man. He kept the law but he didn't have the spirit of the joy of the kingdom of God. In preparing for a trip, I've been watching some videos on YouTube about how to pack. And the advice is universal. Pack lightly. No one has ever come back from a trip saying, I should have brought more stuff. <laughs> but as that advice is given by Rick Steves, it also is given by Jesus Christ himself. Pack lightly on this pilgrimage. Lay aside all earthly cares, as we say in the liturgy, that we may receive the king of all. The Lord is calling us to pack lightly, to disburden ourselves, to come into a kingdom that is filled with righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
we have the Holy Spirit, we should be soaring on the wings of eagles, not carrying heavy burdens like a donkey or an ox. Pack lightly. The Lord said it to his disciples. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly of heart. Take my yoke upon you. Not the yoke of the law, not the yoke of life in this world, but my yoke, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. Amen. Please rise.